0: You're listening to Once, episode 254, Comic-Con Reactions and Spoilers. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Hunter Hathaway. And we are without Daniel tonight. Unfortunately, he and Jenny had a death in the extended family, and we are, of course, sending them our thoughts and prayers. But Hunter and I really wanted to do a podcast tonight. Oh, yeah. We have so much to talk about. It's been like two months. We um, haven't talked in about two months. We haven't talked in like two and a half months. Oh, my God. Exact. That's right. Because you abandoned me for our last uh, spoiler podcast. I'm sorry, but you did such a great job. Oh, thank you. And, you know, of course, you had to go have a baby. Yes. That's why I wasn't there. I was <laughs> actually in labor. <laughs> yes. It's totally forgivable because you were in labor. Oh, OK. Thanks. But the reason why we wanted to really have a podcast tonight is because Comic-Con was a week ago. Yes. And we have a ton of stuff to share with you guys since season five ended, stuff we've got from Comic-Con and stuff we've gotten before Comic-Con. And we've already started filming season six. We we did start filming. So we have a lot of shots, a lot of things that don't make sense because nothing ever makes sense right now. Exactly. So Hunter and I will probably be all over the place and trying to speculate what all of this is going to mean.
1: Yes. So should we start off with
0: some non-spoilers, though, so we can get everyone ready? I think so. So we'll do some non-spoilers. We're going to talk about the panel at Comic-Con, and then we're going to go straight into the spoilers because we do have a lot.
1: Yes. So sit back, relax, and this is going to be a long one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we got a premiere date. That's our first big news. We did. It's Sunday, September 25th. Now, we are staying at our time of 8 p.m., so no changes there. But there is a change as far as how the story is going to be told.
1: Yes. We're not going to have two halves like an A and a B like we have had.
0: Yeah. So this is a big change. We're going back to something more like season one and season two, which means that instead of having basically 11 straight episodes and then having three months off, you're going to have to really pay attention to when episodes are airing. Because if you remember back to like season two, we would have two episodes and then maybe a short break three episodes, and then another little break. So you're going to want to really be paying attention to when episodes actually air.
1: Yeah, that's going to get a little annoying. But thanks to the DVR, I can just record new episodes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it also sounds like this means we won't be getting two separate storylines. No. So it won't be like in season three when we had Neverland and then had The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's an extended story over the course of 22 episodes.
1: Actually, Eddie has said that this season is going to be different from the past because it's not going to be Hyde comes to town, we fight him for ten episodes, and then we, in a winter finale he
0: dies and we move on. It, they says it's going to be more like season one, right? They, they lots keep of saying smaller that. arcs. Yeah, that seems to be one of the big things they're saying lately is that they they want to go back to a season one feel, and one of the things that they're going to do is have a story that is told over. 22 episodes instead of breaking it into two halves
1: and that's kind of good because then it doesn't feel like you're rushing it
0: yeah i'm really interested to see how this works for their story because one of the complaints we hear so often is that the half seasons always feel so rushed because they only have 11 episodes to tell a story right but comic-con yes this past weekend Comic con yeah what did you think of this year's panel
1: i don't know they always seem to Say the same things, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more subdued than it was, you know, back in the heyday, like in between season one and two or even in between season two and three. Yeah. So everyone was there except for Jenny Goodwin and Robert Carlyle. Yeah. And for the third year in a row, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown hosted the panel. She's a huge fan of the show. So you guys probably remember her from past years. And she also did a little bit of voice work in the show in the past as well. So let's just talk about some of the things that were said at the panel that aren't necessarily spoilers.
1: Right. So should we start with
0: Emily DeRaven Raven with her blonde hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever she comes out with her blonde hair, my first thought is always, oh, it's Claire from Lost.
1: Yeah, no, I was just like, when I was watching the video, I saw a video, I'm like, oh, wait, double take. That's Emily DeRaven Raven because she has blonde hair now
0: she does so i don't know if she dyes it or does she wear a wig because it's also short
1: well if you remember what was that first show she was in skin deep no roswell yeah roswell oh that first show yeah yeah she had darker hair she did and they didn't have much money i don't think so i don't think they dyed it
0: all the time yeah but it it also i think did she get it cut a little bit because bell normally has pretty long hair on the show yeah so it'll be... Well, that,
1: that's easy to fix with extensions.
0: It is. And she's in a box at the moment. Exactly. So <laughs> we can always be like, she got her hair cut in the box. <laughs> Being in the box went blonde and shorter. Yeah. Surprise, Rumpel. <laughs> but speaking of
1: Belle... Yeah. She said that Belle liked having the both the light and the dark sides of Rumpel. Which I think we saw quite a bit in the second half of season five.
0: Well, yeah. Because he was... Pretending that he wasn't dark and he was. I think they're starting to understand a little bit of truth in each other that, you know, I think Belle has to accept that she does like kind of that beast, dark one aspect of Rumple. So I don't know. Going forward, their relationship's going to be interesting because I don't know how they're going to make it work, honestly. And how long is she going to be in that box? Yeah, right. Like, how, how long do you keep one of your characters in a box? Right. Well, then she already gave birth, so she should be out of the box soon, hopefully. Right. She has had her child, as did Jenny Goodwin, by the way, for those of you guys who didn't know. Um, So Emily is probably back to work, I would hope, and hopefully coming out of the box soon.
1: Yeah. And we're going to get more into that because of some of the new casting.
0: Yes. So... Um, but speaking of tricky relationships, at the end of season five, there was a shot of Emma and Hook, and in between them, you could see the wedding dress in the background in a shop in Steveston. And everyone was kind of a buzz that it was heavy foreshadowing that Emma and Hook would be getting married sometime in season six. But Eddie and Adam want the fans to know that they were reading too much into that wedding dress in the window, and it's, it actually has always been there when they shoot in Steveston. However, that shot seemed so intentional that if they do get married at the end of season six, it might not have been planned since season five, but I don't think anyone's going to be shocked.
1: Yes. So the panel began with a wonderful trailer showing the evil queen.
0: Yeah. um, Obviously, the evil queen is a force that has to be reckoned with in this upcoming season. And the video they showed, I really liked it. I did, too. It was really beautiful. All those wonderful clips that we've seen before. So there's no spoilers. We all know she's bad. Right. It's everything that basically the Evil Queen has done since season one. And it's all mixed together. And there's this really pretty score and musical soundtrack that's underneath. And it really shows that in season six, you know, the Evil Queen is probably I would say she's probably going to be one of the bigger antagonists that the gang has to face.
1: Well, it, for two reasons. One, it's easy because she's already there. For yeah. Casting, <laughs> They don't have to pay an extra actor. Um, and because everyone loves the evil queen.
0: Yeah, even Lana Priya. I think she has a lot of fun playing the evil queen. Yes. So Eddie and Adam were asked what hope means to them because they always constantly say that the show at its core is about hope and In the wake of Robin's death at the end of season five, people were kind of questioning, well, what does hope mean to you? And Eddie said that the definition of hope is that things will get better. And Adam agreed with him. And I think they they want to assure the fans that, you know, things may be rough when a character dies, but that doesn't mean they can't get better.
1: Okay, I mean, I get that there's things will always get better, but
0: you kill off a favorite character and you expect them to get better right away. Uh, yeah, this is actually my issue with what Eddie and Adams said. I agree with Hunter. Given that this is a TV show and that the narrative has to be stretched out really until the end of the series, things aren't going to get better, like better to the point of being really good, until that final episode <laughs> when there's nothing. I mean, not being hello, left the evil
1: queen comes back. Right, it's not really getting better.
0: <laughs> you you think you kill the evil queen who is probably one of the most evil characters we've ever had on the show. And she like literally came back to life. So things might get better, but I'm also not going to hold my breath that it won't get better until the very end.
1: So then they move on to hook and they said that there will likely be no consequences from him coming back from the dead. Shocking. I, yeah. Cause the, <laughs> they finished that storyline. I don't see them going back yeah. in time to do that. Even though I think that there should be consequences. There's not going to be
0: no and they also asked if zeus could interfere in other situations and there didn't seem to be a definitive answer although colin who plays hook did joke that Zeus should have given hook back his hand which nice (laughs) i think we all kind of joked about when hook did come back from the dead it's like well why couldn't you have given him back his hand at the same time
1: because the hand is mostly dead.
0: No, he was mostly dead. His hand was very dead. His hand is very dead, whereas Hook is only mostly dead. So no Miracle Max situation, apparently. No. No. But um, did you see that Yvette Nicole Brown gave Colin a little Hook action figure? Yeah, that's so cute. That is really cute. Those action figures are actually coming out to buy. Humans can buy them. Humans so. can, human life. <laughs> yes, as opposed to like aliens or other sentient life beings. Humans of this earth, this dimension could possibly buy once upon a time action figures.
1: So then they showed a short clip from the DVD that's coming out. Of yeah. Season five of Cruella and
0: Mordred. Mordred.
1: Mordred. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm so tired. It's okay.
0: He's actually... I'm um, reading this. Fig- <laughs> He's actually a figure in Arthurian... Uh, mythology uh-huh if they're going with the Mordred that I would be familiar with from that name because there aren't many people named Mordred no there's not um but what was really surprising was who played him because it was James Marsters who's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer alum I love him he played Spike I love Spike oh he's so
1: good and I've seen him in another role and he just he's Spike yeah he's Spike and he's always you guys Spike. he's actually a really good singer and guitar player too yes
0: if you haven't seen the musical episode of Buffy. You Once cl- more with feeling. Yes. It's one of the best things in the world. Um, I have this, this little- song
1: is on my running playlist. That's how much
0: I love it. That's Yes, I have excellent. the soundtrack. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm a 90s kid. I have the soundtrack as well. But it was actually a really funny clip because Cruella is always going to be a highlight of this show. And it's actually yeah. just a really funny interaction. They're in the bar um, where Liam worked. In season five B and they kind of have just like a little little conversation. It's really cute. It was very, very short, though. Yeah, they're not going to show us anything. So it doesn't
1: it's just little little fun things that they showed us.
0: But it will be longer and it will be on the DVD. Um, And I think we're going to be doing a review of the DVD like we do every year. I believe so. So hopefully we'll be able to talk about that more once it comes out. Yes. Are you kind of excited for this hot topic release? Um, I like Hot Topic in general. It's a shop that I like to go to, but I don't know that I would necessarily buy any Once Upon a Time clothing.
1: I know, right? Now, if they have the red leather
0: jacket, that's one thing. Okay, yeah, the red leather jacket. But
1: I don't want, like, a graphic t-shirt with, like,
0: the cast all over it. Right. So Hot Topic is releasing an exclusive line of Once Upon a Time clothing. I guess it's mostly going to be shirts. I Have you seen any of them? I think no. I've seen one. One of them was like a black shirt that had the a swan on it, and then I think it had a, a quote from Captain Hook.
1: I'm gonna it right five. now so we can see if there's anything. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no, I'm not buying any of this. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: since you have it up in <laughs> okay, since you have it up in front of you, you can talk about it.
1: Okay, so it's a lot of graphic tees, and I'm sorry, I just don't like graphic tees because they never lay right on me. They have one. It's a white tank top. It says once upon a time. That's not too bad. But then they have like a Captain Hook one where and there's a lot of Captain Hook. Shocking. I know. They have a little necklace with a dagger. OK, that would be kind of cute. They have Chip. Oh, they a have a mug. You could buy Chip and the dagger. It'd be like having a little <laughs> rum bell necklace. Oh, they actually have a mug with Chip and then they have a mug with the hook with Captain Hooks as the handle. And it says there's always a hook. Oh, is that a costume?
0: Oh my gosh, which one? Like a
1: Captain Hook costume I... on a guy model.
0: I don't really have any words for
1: that. To be perfectly, they have a necklace with a book on it, or like the fairy tale book. Mm-hmm. More graphic tees. Oh, they have one of their bows. Oh, I probably do the bow. You know how like they do the the Disney bows? Yeah, they have a Captain Hook one. It's the black leather with the red, and it looks like a little hook.
0: The purse is ugly. It's kind of yeah, a weird hook. time to be releasing this stuff, isn't it? I mean, Yeah, I would have think they would have done it after season one. Season one. You know, the show is, is still fine. You know, the ratings, um, they're low, but they're low and steady, which is good for a show in its fifth season. But this is kind of a weird time to be releasing an exclusive line of clothing.
1: Yeah. And then they just have the Funko Pops. Moving on. so one of the fun things with the panel was the cast revealed how they learned that they got in their parts on the show and how they reacted i would have loved to have been on the a fly on those walls yeah me
0: too there were some funny stories from it
1: yeah lana answered the phone and she said that they had the wrong number when they asked for regina right so like That would be kind of cool. Like, hey, is Regina there? Um, I'm sorry, you have the wrong
0: number. Right. (laughs) That is very adorable of Lana. Um, I guess Bex, she didn't even know what role she was going to be playing. She just said that, yes, she wanted to be a part of the show when they called her.
1: Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be?
0: Right. You know, she's worked with Adam and Eddie in the past because of loss. So she just dove right in. And now she's a full time cast member.
1: I wonder if there's anyone that turned down parts.
0: Like you, idiot. <laughs> right. You could have had a job for six years.
1: Like, we'll find out about this in like 10 years when they say, you know, so and so is up for this
0: role. Then they turned it down. Right. That's actually all we have for non spoiler stuff. Yeah. There's not a lot. Yeah. Sorry for those of you that, you know, were just tuning in to listen to non spoilers. That's actually all we have right now. So, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, this is your opportunity to check out leave i think by this point you probably know where to find hunter and i on twitter we'll miss you we'll we'll miss you you're going to miss a lot of really cool stuff but that's okay
1: yeah follow us on twitter if you want to see lots of cute baby pictures yeah go go check
0: out hunter's baby he's adorable (laughs) and we also want to take this moment to thank our patreon heroes and supporters who make it possible for us to keep doing this podcast to run the website run the forums They allow Daniel the opportunity to make really tacky transitions that I'm not even going to (laughs) try. So (laughs) Patreon people, thank you guys so much and keep supporting us, especially if you want to hear our bloopers, because they are absolutely hilarious.
1: Oh, my gosh. We laugh for like minutes
0: on end. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just wait till later, too, with names.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hunter and I someday will figure out how to say names. Yes. All right. So from here on out, there is a major spoiler alert in place. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler (laughs) alert. So Yvette Nicole Brown wanted to know how Regina would be different without the evil queen persona, which is something that we actually talked about at the end of season five. You know, how do you have Regina without that sassy, dark, evil queen persona living inside of her? And Lana Priya said that Regina will not be losing her sass, but that the evil queen is, quote, pure evil. That's kind of cool. It is. We've never really had a pure evil character. No. Like, I think maybe Pan is as close as it comes. And not even fully, because he still loved his son. Yeah, you know, and even Hades, who was Lord of the Underworld, you know, he obviously had a place in his heart for Zelena. It just wasn't as important as getting revenge on Zeus. Right.
1: So Lana then said that Emma and Regina have become friends over the years.
0: Yeah, which I think is true. True. Yes. The Emma and Regina relationship, you know, they're co-parenting. They are friends. I think it's one of the better and more naturally developed relationships on this show. Yes. Um,
1: And I mean, you did see a lot of times they help
0: each other. Yeah. And. There's not that friction anymore, like in the first season. Right. She's not trying to kill Emma anymore. And that's a bonus. Yes, that's always a good thing. Though, you know, you got to wonder how the evil queen, who is now broken apart from Regina, how she's going to feel about Emma. Because back in the pilot, she wanted to kill her. You know, she wanted to prevent Snow from sending the baby through the wardrobe. Right. And she was actually going to kill infant newborn baby Emma.
1: Yeah. So So she's probably going to go after Emma And then we'll have to see Regina fight herself. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, Regina's going to fight herself, the evil queen, to help Emma. I see that more than Regina teaming up with the evil queen.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't think Regina's going to fight, like, the Charmings with the evil queen. I think it's going to be her trying to stop herself from hurting the Charmings. Yeah. So So, we will also get more about Hook's past and his many, many secrets. Um, But they did want to emphasize again that Emma and he are true love.
1: Okay. So, I mean, um, he's been around for like, what, 500 years now? (laughs) Um, So he's got to have some (laughs) secrets that we don't
0: know about because the show is not that long. Right. But most of his past was spent in Neverland because he was trapped there for like a really long time being Pan's minion.
1: Right. So you've got the mermaids. You've got the Indian princess. You've got so many characters. Maybe Hook knows Tiger Lily. They never got to Tiger Lily. No. Yeah. And they did mermaids, but they did more aerial mermaids
0: and not the uh, mermaids from Peter Pan. That's true. So maybe Hook has a, a past with some of the, um, the mermaids and creatures from Neverland that we never got to see. And the Lost Boys. Yeah. Like, we still don't quite know what he did to Rufio. And, yeah. I mean, that was something that was hinted at in an episode back in Season 3. It was Episode 2, Lost Girl. So... You know, maybe we'll get some backstory. How do you know that?
1: (laughs) No, really. Like, I could tell you it was the Peter Pan segment. Don't tell me. Ask me which episode it was. (laughs) uh, Yeah.
0: Hashtag hire the nerd. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Okay. So there were some questions about the Olympian crystal. And if it could really obliterate a person, because obviously I think most of the fandom is still kind of reeling from Robin's death and they want to know, did it really do what Hades said it did? And this is where it got a little, let's say, dramatic at Comic-Con. Adam and Eddie said they didn't know if Hades was lying or not, that, you know, you shouldn't maybe trust the Lord of the Underworld. And a lot of people took this to mean that there might be hope for Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. So Adam later clarified on Twitter because obviously people got really excited and started questioning. Okay, well, maybe then Robin can come back. You guys can get Sean McGuire to come back. But Adam clarified that Robin is, in fact, very dead. But they choose to believe that Hades lied about his soul not moving on and that Robin's soul did move on to the better place because he was a good person.
1: Yeah. If they can't bring Graham back, they can't bring Robin back. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) And then finally... The big, big, big news! Yes, we got to see the first scene of season six.
0: Yeah, and just like season one, and then season three B, this one opens with a man riding on a horse. Yeah, and now when we find out where they are,
1: I did not believe it. There was too much green. Right, I was like me.
0: I was like, this is supposed to be like Arabia.
1: There are. And I so I kind of figured when I saw I hadn't. okay guys, I'm really bad with spoilers. I try not to read them all in the summer because then I'll spend my whole time at the computer. So I watched the video first. So I didn't know who had been cast as what yet. And I'm like, okay so I kind of figured once I saw the horse going, I'm like, I know where they're going with this season. Because then I, of course, saw the little shadow. But I'm like, where are they? Because it doesn't look like they're in Arabia.
0: Right. So if you haven't guessed from these uh, little clues that we just gave. Or Agrabah. Agrabah. Yeah. Um, Aladdin is coming to Once Upon a Time. And the first scene opens with a man on a horse. Um, and he's riding toward some kind of housing location type thing. I couldn't really tell what it was. It
1: looked like it was a hut in the middle of nowhere. It it did look
0: like a hut in the middle of nowhere. Um and you like see just one. It's not like it was around with other ones. It's right. just one little hut with a fence. With a fence, which is great. And then you do see a flying carpet in the like in the shadows, and someone is shooting like magical red lightning at the guy on a horse. Yes. So, um, they are bringing Aladdin, and and we're going to talk about the actual scene when we start talking about six oh one, but the. The big news here is that they have cast Oded Fair as Jafar. Yeah, because there was a bit of a scheduling conflict. Yeah. Naveen Andrews, who played Jafar on Wonderland for 13 episodes, uh, he's filming Sense8, which is a Netflix original series. And I guess he can't come back to Once Upon a Time. So they have recast Jafar. Yes. I From what I took of it is that he wanted to come back, but it was just scheduling. Yeah, he is the same Jafar that we saw in Wonderland. Adam did clarify that on Twitter. So it's not like there are just two different people named Jafar. He is Jafar who, you know, met with the Red Queen, who talked with Alice and Will, who, you know, dealt with Cyrus. So it is the same character. I don't know how they're going to explain this on the timeline. I have no exactly. idea.
1: Because didn't it say in the beginning, like 500 years ago? Or it said many years ago. Many years because ago. Because that,
0: of course, is the standard opening line for anything that does with this show is they have to confuse everybody. So, yeah, I don't know how this fits into the timeline, because if you did watch Wonderland and if you didn't, seriously, go watch Wonderland. It was so good. Yes. Um. But the ending of it, something happens to Jafar. He's the bad guy. He's the main antagonist in the, in Wonderland. So something does happen to him. I won't spoil it for those of you who do want to go watch it. But I don't know how they're going to fit this, this new version of Jafar into the timeline. I have no idea. Yeah. It's very strange. But he's there. And but he's w- got his evil serpent. He does. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this scene once we start talking about episode 601. Because I think it plays in a lot with the title of that episode and such. So just put that underneath your hats for a little bit. So there were a lot of interviews, of course, because of Comic-Con. They talked to every single news outlet. They talked to, you know, people who just get press passes. We aren't going to go through them all because that would be insane.
1: Yeah. And they all say the same thing because everyone asks the exact same question. I feel so sorry for the cast that has to answer the exact same thing over and over again.
0: But we do kind of want to talk about the TV line interview. TV line always gets really great interviews. They're probably my favorite media outlet. So just to bring up a couple things that were said in that interview, Captain Swan is always going to have some sort of obstacles. They don't get to just, you know, settle down and be happily ever after. Because then it wouldn't be a TV show. It would be boring. Exactly. If you were to describe the relationship between Regina and Zelina in season six, it's complicated. Duh. Duh. Henry and Violet are still dating. And playing Pokemon Go. And playing Pokemon. Yeah. Um, Jared Gilmore, who plays Henry, seems very into Pokemon Go. So that's what they're doing. They're running around storybook um, collecting Pokemon. And then Jennifer Morrison said that it's a very introspective season that... It's really about people looking inside themselves and having to deal with this darkness. So it it actually does sound a little bit like season one, where it felt more personal and not so, you know, big bad vil- villain comes to town and they have to go and stop him, and there's sort of no character growth or development.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for this season.
0: Hopefully, it redeems in itself. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's all we have from Comic Con. A lot. Yeah, we still have a lot to go though. Yes. Oh, we've so much to go. Don't worry, guys. We're only on page 2 of our notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, how about we move into the actual episodes? Okay.
1: So, we've got episode 601 and that is September 25th. We already know that. It's going to be called The Savior, written by Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Not a title I was expecting. Well, once you see the um
0: Well, we'll talk about the sneak peek, but I think that's where they got the name from. I do as well. It's interesting because but, you know, without the sneak peek when I because we got the title first. Yes. And then I was just thinking, oh, so it's an Emma centric episode. Like, okay, sure. That's one way to start a season. I don't know that we've ever really started a season with an Emma specific episode. But now that we've got the sneak peek, it actually makes a little more sense. Yes. But do you know what we else a, we have? We
1: got a script tease. Yay! We've had the, I've had
0: this for mo- like a month now. Right. Um, <laughs> I know how much you guys love our reenactments. Reenactments. Yeah. But it's only a one person job. So Hunter, I'm going to let you handle that one.
1: Okay. Do you want to say who it is so I can just get into character?
0: So this is Snow White yeah. for episode 601. Whenever you are ready, Hunter. We've got this. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they've got. It could be like, we've got this in terms of carrying groceries up the stairs or something. Or carrying the baby or Right. <laughs> right. Possessive Snow White is gonna be like, I've got this baby. Do not touch me. You've
1: got this. Stay away from him. Right. Okay. <laughs> He's now five. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. I'm sorry. He, we never
0: know where what age he is. We never know where he is. It's just like, oh, we went to the underworld. Somebody look after the child. And Well, I mean, if you look at it, Jared Gilmore, like
1: he keeps growing up gosh, and his voice is yeah. changing.
0: It's kind of funny. He's still only supposed to be 13 years old in this show.
1: And he does not look like There's
0: him. no way he looks 13 anymore. He, he does look like he's about to be 17 or 18.
1: We really, really so. needed to do it like a time jump, like two years later. Yeah. Um, but this
0: episode picks up seconds after the finale. Yeah, it, it does. It picks up right after the finale. In fact, in the first couple um, shots we have of them filming the episode, they're in the exact same clothes. Yeah. So it's going to pick up seconds after the finale.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the sneak
0: peek that we got at Comic-Con. Yes. So like we said, it starts off with a guy on a horse and he's riding really fast and there's a flying carpet shadow following behind him and someone is shooting red lightning bolts at him yes and the guy on the horse arrives at this hut in the middle of nowhere and says yes and he (laughs) with the fence and he says that he needs to see the savior yeah now who do you think that girl is i think it's just a random nobody because she died awfully quick did she die or was she knocked unconscious i i kind of think she died i mean I, yeah, I assume she died. She got in her one speaking line and then so the guy on the rug enters the scene and he is carrying the very iconic staff. And I think everybody knows this staff. And once you see the staff, you know who it is. It's Jafar, who is now played by Oded Fair. And he and another gentleman in the hut, the Savior, have a conversation. Yeah. Now the Savior's like really weak. He's shaky. He's He's very shaky. Like they made a Definite point of showing how much his hand is shaking.
1: Yeah, and then when you find out who it is, you're like, "What?" Yeah, so it is, of course, Aladdin,
0: Aladdin.
1: <laughs> or maybe um, just Al, or Din,
0: or Laddie. Laddie. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be quoting genie a lot this year. I, I know. get yeah. <laughs> so it's Aladdin, and he is the savior. And they've said this in a lot of interviews post Comic Con that we've always known Emma as the savior, but that doesn't mean there weren't other ones, apparently. So Aladdin is the savior.
1: There needs to be one for all the different places.
0: Yeah, so kind of like last year, we got a lot of Dark One mythology. This year, we're going to be getting a lot of mythology for the savior. Yes. But it looks like Aladdin is having a really tough time. Mm -hmm. So Jafar and Aladdin have this conversation that I think is really illuminating and I think is going to be... Maybe like the big thesis statement of this season, which is that being a hero is what it took for everything to come crumbling down. Yeah. And that saviors don't get happily ever afters. Which I just think is wrong.
1: They might not get the happily ever after they always wanted, but they're going to get one.
0: There there is no doubt in my mind that Adam and Eddie are going to give Emma her happily ever after. Like, of course they are. But I think it's kind of interesting, though, that in a way, Emma's life. Yeah, it's gotten better in some regards. But think about how much danger, how much pain, how much suffering she has gone through just by accepting her role as the savior. Yeah. You know, but she's, she now has
1: a purpose. Well, I mean, she always had a purpose because she was a bail bonds person. Mm-hmm. But she now has a family and people that rely on her. She, I think that's a lot
0: more than just being by yourself and collecting bonds. Oh, sure. I mean, she's definitely found her place in the world. You know, the hero's journey, she sets out and she comes home again. You know, she she found her home. She found her family. She found Henry, which is always going to be the most important part of her life, is her son. Yeah. You know, but you got to think about still at the same time, all the things that she has lost along the way because she went out on this journey. You know, so she lost Graham. She lost Neil. You know, she lost Hook. And she got him back but in order to do that she had to travel to the underworld and robin hood died and before that she became the dark one so it is this kind of idea that being a hero though it means as she said in season three she never gets a day off and it kind of i think is exhausting for her and i wonder if that's why aladdin is so worn down because it's just too much for one person
1: or did he get something stripped from him and that's why he's shaking like yeah, A part of him is missing.
0: The shaking. That's aspect. what I saw it as. The shaking aspect is really interesting. Like, yeah, it, is Aladdin magical in this version? And maybe his magic has been stripped away and that's causing some sort of like physical effect. I don't know. And then going along with all of this, where's Jasmine? I know. That's why, like, I did
1: find out who the casting was for. And I was just like, that's not her oh no that's not her that's why like that girl that's why at first i thought it was maybe her then i saw that
0: who got cast as jasmine and i'm like wait that's not her (laughs) yeah so prior to comic-con and showing this clip so before comic-con they did put out two casting calls for simbad and shahara zed and i think as soon as everybody read these casting calls they knew they were aladdin and jasmine but for aladdin going by Simbad. Um, They were looking for a 30-something Middle Eastern, Arabic, or Northern African male to play a roguishly charming and quick-witted hero who knows the power of kindness, but as of late has lost faith in his ability to lead his people. And then also cast alongside that is the Jasmine character, who is envisioned as a regal Middle Eastern Arabic beauty who never backs down from a good fight and can go toe-to-toe with even the toughest of adversaries. Sounds like Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah, it really does. There was no surprise that this is who they actually turned out to be. So they've been cast, obviously, yes. because we saw Aladdin in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then later the, in the day, after the panel for Comic-Con had ended, they did announce Jasmine. So who's playing those guys?
1: You're going to do Aladdin because I'm not going to You that name. You, uh,
0: <laughs> I was hoping
1: I could get out of that. No, it's Denzied. Hold on, let me try and. Sp- I got the first name, Denzied, Act Okay. Sh- sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Denzied Act Denzied. He's a Turkish and Australian actor in *I Frankenstein*, and he's also been in *Graceland*. Yes. Never heard
0: of him myself. No. How do you have a? Is that Australian or Austrian? I thought Australian is what I read in EW. Okay. It's just
1: Turkish and Australian are just two very different places.
0: (laughs) Very different places. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. But Jasmine, I think, is the casting call that shocked everybody. Yes. Karen David from Gallivant. Izzy. It's Princess Izzy. Yes. Um, Yeah, she's going to be playing Jasmine. Yeah, but... We don't get to see her right away, unfortunately. No, she won't be right until episode four. No, but we still get to see her. I like her. And she is so enthusiastic on Twitter. You guys should totally go follow her and look through her tweets to see how excited she is to be playing Princess Jasmine.
1: Yeah, because unfortunately we don't get to see another season of Gallivant.
0: Galavant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, I, w- I would love Netflix to pick it up. Sorry. Me too. Okay, but we we've already started filming.
0: Yeah, they actually started filming about two weeks before Comic-Con, roughly. So we've actually got quite a few shots from episode 601. Jenny, Josh, Bex, Colin, Jennifer and Jared have all been on set at various points. Um, We've also seen Sam Whitwear and Hank Harris on set as Jekyll and Hyde.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, well, we know they're starting right after the last season. So, yeah. of course, I'll be on set. The weird thing. So, yes, we get lots of weird questions where we don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. There is a big sword fight between Emma and some hooded figure. I think
0: it's the evil queen. Is that what you think? I have no clue. I kind of think it's the evil queen. Um, Lana Perea did an Ask Lana on facebook recently and she did talk about how she's been sword fight training so i think it might be the evil queen under that hood
1: if i remember correctly there was a couple photos where you did see her with i don't remember if she was dressed up as evil queen or not but you saw her with the sword yeah but she didn't have a cape on yeah that's true so that's why i don't know but whoever it is stabs emma Or it looks like
0: she stabs Emma and you hear Henry yelling mom and all that other stuff. Right. And you do see Hook comforting Henry. Now, I mean, obviously, Emma doesn't die or anything, but I'm kind of wondering if she's hurt really badly. Is it possible that that sword has been tainted with Jekyll's serum? So maybe Emma's going to split, although I haven't seen any other spoilers that would indicate that.
1: Yeah, and or is there magic in it of some sort? Like we don't know. This,
0: like I said, these are all pictures taken from far away. Yeah, very far away. And you're like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But then we we have a couple other scenes of pictures. So we have one of Snow and Regina at Regina's vault talking. Okay. We do see an Emma and Hook scene. Okay. And then I mean that's it. That,
1: that that's would, a given.
0: Yeah, <laughs> of course there's an Emma and Hook scene. But then. This is also another one of the weird scenes. There's some pictures of Hook giving Snow a sword. She's a bow and arrow girl. I know. So what's up with that? I don't know. But I am happy to see Snow with her bow and arrow. It means she's going to be part of the action.
1: Now that she's not pregnant, she can run around again. Yeah.
0: And here's another weird one. We did yeah. see Emily DeRavin on set, like so, not is in the she box. Out of the box. Yeah. Or is it a flashback? Oh, maybe. Or, I mean, it's possible that Rumple is hallucinating Belle or something. I mean, he did do that in um, in Neverland. He kind of, you know, the shadow pretended to be Belle.
1: Or like, okay, so we're going to talk about another casting later, but
0: does it have something to do with dream worlds? That's Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So what this might mean is that Belle is getting out of her box sooner rather than later. I don't know. But here's my question. How does Rumple not know how to open this box all by himself? You push a button. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You push a button. It's how you get people into the box, and it's how you get them out. It's how he got her in there. He like, But pushed- she's also in the sleeping curse, and he's got to find someone to wake her first. Well, okay. That's like an entirely different thing, though. I, I mean, first off, the fact that he can't wake her with true love's kiss makes me twitch. There's something wrong with that. Twitch a little but- on the inside, but push the button hey, he, but
1: maybe he's just pre- like keeping her quote-unquote safe in the box because once he, well he had to bring her back from the underworld anyway yeah. so that was an easy way to do it um but they, he's keeping her safe in the box and he's waiting until he's find her true love Ah, whatever true love ah. or another <laughs> way to wake her up that's what i think
0: yeah But I I will say this. It's nice that they might get her out of the box somehow sooner rather than later or have Belle be a part of the story. So that way she's not just shunted to one side inside of a box. Because
1: I I understand why they did it because they needed her to be still part of the cast, but they didn't want to kill her. And she was very pregnant. Yeah. So I understand why they did it. It's just now
0: they need to bring her back. Okay, so we've got some other shots.
1: Yeah, Regina and Hyde are walking around together.
0: Is it Regina or is it possibly the evil queen?
1: I don't know. The camera was too far away.
0: Well, I, I think that the the evil queen might impersonate Regina. Like, if I was the evil queen, this is what I would do. I would go into Storybrooke and I would magic myself to look more like Regina. And I would go around causing mayhem and terror to get everybody to turn against Regina.
1: But if everyone that she wants to turn against really knew Regina would know that that's not her. True. But I also... (laughs) Because they've spent enough time together between all the different realms that they should know Regina
0: as Regina and not... They should, but sometimes the writers don't think the way the fandom thinks. You know, I mean, they would say, oh... You know, they they trust Regina. They've been through so much together. But there's always that little part of doubt, you know, that can't get over the past that will always remember all the bad things that she did to them. And after Robin Hood has died and they were already fearing her going back to her evil queen ways at the end of season five, because of that, you know, that little seed of doubt has been planted. So maybe if the evil queen did pretend to be Regina, they might actually start questioning Regina's goodness again.
1: Yeah. So then we get to see Hyde was hit by a car. Yeah,
0: that, <laughs> I was not sad about that at all. Oh, and he goes flying in the air. Woohoo! Those shots are really cool, though. Um, he's on like a wire and they sort of zip him up and he somersaults and stuff.
1: Yeah. We have some f- wonderful people returning this episode. We do. And one not
0: person. Oh, I'll kill him, a person. <laughs> so dogs are people too. Dogs are people, and that clue should should probably give it away. Um, Raphael Sabarge is returning as Archie for this episode, and Yay.
1: he brought Pongo. Yes, um, but from what I read, uh, we're gonna—he's got some new client or patient, I should say.
0: Okay, prediction: Who do you think his client is?
1: I have no clue.
0: It's probably Jekyll okay i want it to be emma see the, i see him with jekyll or hyde yeah i mean every let's face it everybody on this show could use some good therapy right but i kind of would really like it to be emma because she has just been through so much and her her actions the past few seasons have you, you know they haven't been great no um
1: and we really need his help because we have not seen him since rocky road in early season four it's very true I I didn't know that by heart. I found that online. It's episode
0: 403, guys. Um, Ah! (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So then there are some um, other little pictures from episode one. Hook and Charming Arrest Hyde. Yeah. And... I guess Emma and Hyde exchanged some words, like some taunts and words and such. Um, but you
1: can't make out what it is.
0: Yeah, we can't make out what it is.
1: The, okay, the filming was really, really bad. It, like The camera and everything that people were filming this were really, really far away. Mm-hmm. So, but it looked like Hyde was getting dragged and manhandled by, they're calling it Captain
0: Charming. Yeah, that's the ship name for Charming and Hook.
1: To the sheriff's car. And what is this? Emma yells something like, what? What do you know?
0: What aren't you saying? Which are normal lines. Yeah. In order to explain himself. You know, Hyde brought all of these people to Storybook, people we haven't actually met yet. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Or maybe Hyde knows something about the Savior mythology that Emma doesn't know yet. Maybe he knows about Aladdin.
1: Probably. I'm going to guess that. Is it some, like, or if not, it's something that's majorly important in the first episode that we don't know yet. It could be Aladdin, it could be Jafar, it could be Jasmine. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: we don't know where in the
0: episode this is taking place and who knows what. Right. But it also, does it kind of seem like to you that maybe Hyde and Jekyll aren't as big a part of this season as maybe we thought back at the end of season five?
1: Yeah, I don't think they are. I think they'll only be in a couple episodes. Yeah, Because th- they would not have said that, oh, we'll have them for 10 seasons, they fight, and one dies, like, I think that they're going to only be a couple, maybe two, three episodes, four at the
0: most. Yeah. I kind of think the bigger story is Aladdin and Jafar and Jasmine.
1: Well, if they said they're going back to, like, season one, we saw a lot of those characters only mm-hmm. one
0: episode. Right. So it,
1: I'm I'm hoping they do that and they bring a lot of the other characters in.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of new fresh faces come in who you know come in for an episode to have their story told and then exit out new characters tend to come in for 11 episodes and then they leave
1: right I think like they said they're going back to like season one so I don't see them sticking around for very long
0: Mm -hmm. so we're going to move on to episode 602 which has the fun uh, British title and British people if you're listening to this and I really screw this up I'm sorry of a bitter draught, and it's written by Andrew Chambliss and Dana Horgan. Mm-hmm. And we've and got it some... came with a casting call. It did. Who are we casting this time?
1: Monte Car- Monte Carlo. <laughs> 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 That's a place. <laughs> ah, yes. No, we're casting the Count of Monte
0: Cristo. So not a sandwich. No, not a sandwich not a place <laughs> no okay so for those of you who are not aware the count of monte cristo is a very classic like it's an actual very very classic of the classic piece of literature by alexander dumas it's very good it's very long um if you need like a cliff notes version wishbone did something about it so you can watch a dog do it which is much better
1: yes but we got it's cast by craig horner
0: Mm-hmm. and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he's going to appear in at least one episode of season six. So 602, though details on what he'll be doing are being kept under wraps. The Count's introduction comes in the wake of the show introducing the land of untold stories, which, of course, opens up all these possibilities. So so if, if you've never read the book, The Count of Monte Cristo, it's about Emon Dantes, who basically is. He's having a really good life. He's engaged to Mercedes. Um, he has good prospects. And then something really terrible happens to him and he goes to prison. When he gets out of prison, he seeks revenge on those who have wronged him. And to do so, and he's been left like this huge fortune through some change of status or something like that. I don't quite remember. But he becomes the Count of Monte Cristo. He takes this identity and he goes and he tries to get revenge on people who have wronged him. Um, and it's a very, very long drawn out story so the fact that he's being count he's being cast as the count of monte cristo and not Dantes. I, I mean i don't know what that means how did he wind up in the land of untold stories is his story really untold if it's untold how is it that we here in this world actually have a book by dumas about what happened to him I'm hoping... Well, if
1: you think about it, though, from that land out there, they also we have the book of
0: Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, that's why. And I, I brought this up. I think in the season five finale podcast, how are these untold stories when we here have them all? You know, well, we had all the stories from the from the forest, the enchanted forest, right? But they have yet to explain why those stories are completely different from the ones we have. Like, how did that happen? The Grimm brothers. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I yeah, I know the Grim Brothers went out and like collected all these stories, but they, they told it the way they wanted to. They they collected things <laughs> that according to Adam and Eddie were not only wrong, but like woefully so. So it it's one of those questions that I always have about the show is how is it that the stories we know got changed so radically from what Adam and Eddie perceive as as their truth. Because it works in the show. Oh is this where Daniel would play the your questions are pointless? uh mm-hmm. sound clip okay your questions or they're just clip. now
1: using the book of told stories not
0: untold stories well hopefully we get some answers about the count of monte cristo yeah that'd um be cool. we did see but him he's on, on set, set. mhm yeah brown clothing neck scarf and hair pulled back cuz he's got some long hair he does and when we first saw him actually uh, a couple people thought he might be playing milo from treasure planet But so if you think about that costume, that's kind of what he's wearing.
1: Okay. then we get to
0: see Emily and Colin on the docks. So what is Belle doing there? I have no idea. This makes no sense. I have no idea why Belle is on the docks with Captain Hook.
1: Yeah, but Belle or Emily, Bobby and Giles are all filming
0: elsewhere, but not outdoors. Right. So who's Giles? Because that is actually another casting call that we should talk about. Giles is the watcher of Buffy. Who's been filming pretty much exclusively with Bobby and Emily, which brings us to another casting call. There was um, the role of Morpheus, who is the Greek god of dreams. He is described as an old soul in a young body, someone who is equally good at reading people as he is at hiding his own agenda.
1: Yeah. So this is what I was talking about before. Like when we see Emily... Uh, there so bells asleep we know that so mm-hmm. is he is morpheus going between dream world and the real world and pulling her in like is she like following along what's
0: actually going on with him i don't know but yeah cuz if he's the god of dreams and sleep technically um you know maybe he's doing something with emily and Rumple cuz those are the two people he's been shooting with exclusively yeah so he is being played by Giles Mathy. I never,
1: I didn't know who Giles was, but he is actually, he played um, Claude Crane in True Blood. Oh, okay. So that's not a show I watched. So. I don't remember who he was. It was only in that nine episodes, according to Wikipedia. He was also in the movie Jobs. He played an Apple designer. Oh. Uh, he was. Also, a CIA agent or analyst, Jordan Reed, in 24, Live Another Day on Fox.
0: Also a show I've never watched.
1: And then he's just got a couple more, like, one episodes here and there, like NCIS,
0: Mm -hmm. uh, Boulevard, The Good Wife, and then Once Upon a Time. (laughs) But we haven't actually, like, seen him outside on set, so I don't know anything about his costume. I don't know what they're doing. They all appear to be filming indoors, probably on green screen. Yeah. Because Rumpel was left in the land of untold stories. Yes. Yes, he was. So that's actually it that we have for episode two. Not a lot, but we're getting more and more every day. Mm -hmm. And it's time to move on to episode three. Yes. Which is called The The Other Shoe. Yes.
1: Written by Jane Espenson and Jerome Shorts. Yeah. And I really like the title
0: because of who gets to come back. Okay, who's coming back? Cinderella. Cinderella. Cinderella night. Cinderella night. Day. Cinderella. Cinderella. Okay. We're really sorry. And she's played.
1: She's (laughs) played by Jessie Sharam, and she was the one from the original. She's from earlier in the the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. She appeared in episode four of season one for the first time. Um, that was kind of her centric. The Price of Gold, where she made the deal with Rumpelstiltskin and then managed to break the deal, and her husband vanished. Um, And then in Storybrooke, she gave birth to her daughter, Alexandra. Now, we have seen her a few times since then. She was like in episode Skin Deep. She was also in an episode of season 4A, The Frozen Arc, but we haven't seen her since then.
1: Yeah. But we're going to
0: really explore the friendship between her and Snow. Yeah, which I'm kind of glad about because, you know, Snow was born into royalty and Cinderella was elevated to royalty by marrying the prince. So we've never learned how those two met, you know, why they're friends, how they became friends.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of cool that we get to see all that
0: fun stuff. Mm -hmm. No word yet, though, on if her prince is coming back.
1: He was cute. He was cute. What about the baby? Do we know about that yet? Alexandra. Are they going to meet at playdates?
0: Probably. You know Prince
1: Neil is going to be five, so he'll be running around too.
0: (laughs) Okay, there you go. Baby Snowflake and baby Alexandra are going to go on a playdate. That's that's our prediction for that entire episode. (laughs) So we don't actually have anything else for specific episodes. No, I think that they're filming three right now, aren't they? I think so. They should be wrapping three, probably... Later this week, so then they can start episode four, and I'm really, really hoping that when they start episode four, we'll get to see Karen David in her Jasmine outfit. That'd be pretty. Yeah, I hope it's pretty. I hope it's the tealy blue color. If I say it better be sparkly. Blue. Mm-hmm. But we do have some other news. Yeah, this one's sad. Okay, so Jeffrey Kaiser, who has played Dopey the dwarf since season one, announced that he has left the show. He did it on Twitter by saying, you know, thanking the fans and saying, but after five years, the tree is free because at last check, Dopey had been turned into a tree by crossing the town line back in the Camelot arc. Yeah. No word on whether or not he's going to be replaced because he's still a tree, right? He is still a tree and everybody kind of seems to have forgotten about him. So m- if you think about it? Most
1: people do forget about Dopey, even though he's the most lovable one because he doesn't talk.
0: Right. He's had no lines in the show. He, you know, he just he's there because Snow White is associated with seven dwarfs. So there might be a line drop somewhere about how they finally got Dopey out of the tree, but we never see him again. But he's just extremely dead or he's extremely dead. Um, But as of right now, there's no word on him being replaced or them doing anything with Dopey. Okay, let's talk about Rumbel. Let's talk about Rumbell, Yes. They're going to be going on an adventure together. I hope she's back out of the box. Right. Unless he just
1: carries the box around with him.
0: Yeah. Eddie, of course, reminded us all that she is in Pandora's box. She's under a sleeping curse. And as the season six premiere will be made clear, Rumple did get the box back as part of a deal with Mr. Hyde. As for where the information Hyde delivered in return to rouse Belle from her slumber will lead the couple, that will be a mystery that we will show you, Kitsis says. Adam later added, what we really focus on at the start is, how the heck does he get her out of the box and wake her? I don't know. You press a button. And then you kiss her and you acknowledge that even though they have a lot of problems, there's supposed to be still true love. Didn't he try to kiss her, though,
1: before? And it didn't work.
0: Yes. Let's not even pretend that I'm not OK with that. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't understand that either, but it won't work again because she needs that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think what they're trying to do is trying to say that Rumpel has to give up that whole side of himself, the dark one side of him. Or at least the the side of him that hurts the peasants before he can actually wake her up. I, I kind of feel like that's where we're going. But, you know, when she met and fell in love with Rumpel in the episode Skin Deep, he was the dark one. He was someone who had done horrible things. I mean, she knows he tortured Robin Hood because she freed Robin Hood. Yeah. And she still fell in love with him. And still, you know, True Love's Kiss did still begin to work in, in that moment. So, I don't know. I'm... I I don't really get where they're going and what that is they're trying to say about true love and about Rumble.
1: Like right now, it might be love, but she needs to fall back in love with him.
0: Yeah. And of course, we got to remember that Belle is pregnant. Yes. Emily Duravin is no longer pregnant, but Belle is.
1: Right. Because this happened right after the season finale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So while Jared aged, the baby did
0: not. So we get a look at the new poster. I really like it. It's pretty. Um, Usually the the poster for the season is the apple and then it's some face in the background. You know, it could be Elsa like in season four. Um, It could be the dark swan's face like it was in 5A or Hook's face like it was in 5B. This one is it shows a little bit more creative talent on the part of the whatever intern is working for ABC. <laughs> so you have the evil queen, but there's a bolt of lightning that comes down and it splits the apple like into two different segments. You have the red one that's iconic, and then you have a black version. It's really cool. It is really cool. We'll probably have a picture of it at the show notes at slash 254. So yeah, the poster is really cool. Everyone should go take a look at it. I think it's probably the best one that they've done since season two. Okay. Yeah. I I like it. I think it's really cool. I, it sets up the season really nicely. Agreed. It will probably also be the DVD cover for the season six DVD when it eventually comes out next September, next September when we, and we don't know if we'll have a season seven. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? So I think that's all we have. I do think we want to try and do another spoiler podcast before the season premiere, because by that point, we'll have more titles. We'll probably have more script teases, sneak peeks, the press release.
1: Yeah, the press release will be the big one. So Mm -hmm. probably I'm going to guess the Wednesday before the 25th. Yeah. So I'm going to guess we're going to probably have an episode like a wrap up and more spoilers on around the 21st of september which is the wednesday
0: before yeah because we'll have so much by then that we really will have to share some more stuff with you guys
1: yeah so that way we don't have our spoiler segments being like an hour long on top of the normal podcast yeah
0: but since that is everything you can follow us on twitter i'm jacqueline and you can follow me at punk underscore bunny underscore 87 and you can follow me hunter at traveling pixie And as always, thank you for listening and have a happily ever after.